Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining my podcast, Fearlessly Authentic. I'm your host, Priscilla Flores. That was the cue for the music. Sorry, I, I, I feel like I should put music there. I don't know. I'm not like very tech savvy. Um, I think maybe I need some new equipment to, um, to get this going um, the way I want it to be. <laughs> Anywho, side, side note to self, um, buy better equipment. I don't know. Anyway, so thank you for listening and joining into my podcast. Today, I'm going to talk to you guys about my uh, marathon training experience. So um, I was gifted a book titled The Science of Running. At the same time that I started reading that, I've actually began this journey of becoming um, a, a certified Matt Pilates instructor. So I'm currently certified in Piloxine. I was certified in Zumba and cycling, um, but I've decided that um, I'm going to refocus on running and Pilates. I feel like that's truly like where my calling is, is uh, running um, to a certain extent. Uh, I love it and I hate it and I hate that I love it and I love that I hate it. I don't know all of that. And if you are a runner, if you are a runner, then I know that you can relate to that feeling of, I love to run. I hate to run. I love to run. I hate to run. We're going to go for a run. Oh, do we have to go for a run? You don't have to go for a run. You're an adult. You don't necessarily have to. You're an adult. You can do whatever you want. But if you don't go, then you're going to miss out on that training. But then if you don't go, you're going to feel like crap afterwards and blah, 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 blah. So, um, I think uh, you catch my drift. Um, if you're a runner, that's how it goes. If you're not a runner, yeah, that's how it goes. Um, it takes a lot of uh, self-discipline to get up and go for the run. Um, the hardest part is always to um, get started um, as far as after you put on your shoes, because that's even the easy part, um, is to just get moving out the door that's the hard part. So if you are an um, avid runner, you know, congratulations. That is so awesome. Um, if you are not an avid runner, but you want to start running, um, please do so and reach out to me. I have been, um, I have recently, um, well, I guess before quarantine hit, I was selected to be the captain of the 2020 corporate cup, um, 5k race. And, um, I had developed some training programs for the runners. I've done it also for some of my friends. Um, I am by no means some kind of like running guru, but I can assure you that I am experienced at runner and in running. And, um, I'm learning also the science behind the running, um, trying to put my experience and my knowledge of the human body into practical um, and scientifical um, understanding of how the body works and is fueled. Um, because honestly, it wasn't until I began training for the marathon that I even thought um, or took into consideration what the body needs in order to run a marathon. Um, so I will take you back to December of 2014. Imagine this, you, um, are running a half marathon. You hear the crowd cheering and you're about to turn the corner. You see your friends on the corner and you realize that you only have 
half a mile to go. You're running in, you're running in, you cross the finish line. It is glorious. Your hands are raised. You're cheering. People are congratulating you that you don't even know. People are high-fiving you. It is such an incredible experience. If you haven't ever challenged yourself to run a 5K, I challenge you to do so. It is such a beautiful experience. If you have ran 5Ks before and you're looking for a new challenge, I challenge you to run a half marathon. And if you've ever run a half marathon, um, I strongly do encourage you to um, do what you like. <laughs> I won't even sit here and say like, go run a marathon because let me tell you guys, it was one of the hardest things I have ever done in my life. It's definitely something that you have to want to do. Um, half marathon, I could probably do a few more. Um, a full marathon, I honestly would not ever do again. Um, and especially now that it's recorded um, and now all of y'all can hear this vow, um, I will not run another marathon. But I can share with you guys my experience in running the marathon. Okay, so back to my story. Half marathon, I finish. It's all glorious. And I see... Um, my friends that I actually ran and trained with. So there were about uh, four of us from my soccer team who trained to run the half marathon. Um, we're a very close-knit team. Um, just a little side note, I have been playing soccer with these ladies for the past like eight to nine, maybe even 10 years of my life, my adult life. And a lot of the women are about 10, uh, 15 years older than me. They are such an inspiration because they stay active. They stay healthy. They have, they're, they're so wise. They come with experience. They give me nice words and it's, they're an awesome team. I'll save them for another podcast. I just wanted to give you guys a feel of how close we are and why I trust these people into convincing me or tricking me. Haha, <laughs> just kidding convincing me into running these crazy things. So I meet with them at the end of the half marathon. We're hugging, we're high-fiving, um, and it's a beautiful experience. Uh, one of them decides to throw out there like, hey, we should do a full marathon. Keep in mind she's ran marathons before, so she knows what it is. I've never ran a marathon. I think that that's just too much. Um, half marathon was already like a lot for me to do. But when you're, when you finish a run like that, um, my runners, you guys can understand this, but you're on that runner's high where basically you will say yes to almost anything. Um, anything that sounds crazy and exciting, you're in, you're down, you're all for it. it it's just what happens when you finish a great run. And so I said, yes, let's run a marathon. I can do it. Yes. All right. Well, um, the next year came, we did not do it the following year, the following year. So fast forward to about five years later. So we took five years off from running marathons, um, or half marathons. And, uh, uh, one of my girlfriends, Gabby, she is 10 years older than me. We were sitting, um, after a soccer game and I guess she had this wild and crazy idea that because she was, um, in such a healthy state of her life that she wanted to run um, a full marathon. And so she she talks me into it by telling me, come on, Pris, you can do it. You're younger, you're healthy. Um, now is the time to do it. And 
finally, I was convinced, all right, if I'm going to do it, I've got to do it now because I've got people to train with. Gabby was on board. I think Lily at the time was on board. And then we even convinced um, our teammate's husband, Roland, uh, to do it. And he was all about it. Um, this is why I love these people because they stay so active um, and healthy that they are down to just kind of try um, different things of this sort, like to do a marathon. Granted, they've ran the marathon before with the exception of me and Gabby. We're newbies at this. And anywho, we're convinced now is the time to do it. Um, I was in such a good area in my life in 2019. I had not felt any, any healthier than what I had then. Um, I felt the most um, spiritual healthy, mentally healthy, emotionally healthy, um, physically healthy. Um, I was all around just healthy. Um, I felt very in tune with the spirit. I was leading studies and groups um, all to glorify the Lord and his goodness and what he brings and his healing um, and all that good stuff. So I was, I, I, I don't know, I, I was like on a Holy Spirit high, I think for most of 2019. So I, I went into this training with an open mind or maybe not. I went into this training with uh, the idea or thought that I was going to bring God along with me on my long runs because I was going to have this time while I'm running. And while I'm running, I was going to seek him and ask him what it is that he wants me to do in life, um, how he wants me to handle situations. So basically, I was going to use this as uh, my God time. Gabby, she had... Um, suggested or recommended a book to me called Run the Mile You're In by Ryan Hall. Ryan Hall is a professional runner. He holds a record, the, rec the U.S. record for the fastest half marathon uh, time. Also, he is the only American trying to full marathon in um, a sub 205 um, he he uh, ran competitively all throughout college. Um, he has coached many runners. Uh, his wife is also a professional runner. The two of them have kids together who they've trained to to run professionally. So running is his life. And in the book, Ryan takes you through his experience um, of running from when he started as a kid to um, whenever he wrote the book. <laughs> a few years ago but he takes you through his experience his God experiences of how God has used his running to show him different aspects and give him different lessons so I I thought this was perfect because that's basically what I was looking for as well um I'm a little OCD when it comes to certain things and his chapters are titled mile one mile two mile three mile four all the way down there they do they do have sub um titles but in either case I was focused on the mile markers and um, I wanted to as I progressed in my running I wanted to be on that particular chapter so for instance if I was running 14 miles that week um, for my long run then I wanted to read chapter 14 15 16 so on and so forth um, I'm a little OCD it didn't always work out that way but Neither case, I took my time reading the book is basically what I'm trying to say. Um, the book itself helped me gain some perspective, get some confidence, um, and helped me to, to kind of remember why I was running. Um, and that's a hard question um, for me. For some people, 
they were running um, of a certain someone, a special someone who has like maybe passed away in their in their lives. They run for their dad or they run for their family member. Um, me, I just ran because um, I was convinced to run. <laughs> So I had to um, ask God, like, what would be a bigger meaning meaning for that? Like, I know that I didn't just say yes, just to say, yes, God, can you help me find the meaning? Um, so that's basically what my journey of the training was, was trying to find purpose behind my run. So um, as the running began, I was doing awesome. Uh, like I mentioned, I was in one of my healthiest states all the way around. Um, so my fast pace or my race pace began to be my slow and steady pace, like my maintenance run, you know, just, just going up for a jog. And that, that was my, my fast pace. And it was, it was really cool to kind of see that progression within my run to pick up my pace, to see the the seconds, the minutes being dropped off for my time. And it was, it was awesome. When we ran 13, um, 13 miles, I ran 13 miles faster than I did the half marathon five years before that I had actually like trained for. So five years before I had put in months into training for the half marathon to get my time that I had. But um, while I was doing this training for the full marathon, my time, I, I beat. So I basically got a personal record for the half marathon just in training. So that was like without even, for me in my head, you know, it was like, oh, that's like minimal effort because you don't have like the the competitiveness of like you know, running shoulder to shoulder with someone or passing the next person. Um, you don't have the the crowd cheering and screaming and um, boosting up your your energy. So I was blown away and on cloud nine that I was running as fast as I was. Um, probably got just a little too prideful. Um, Gabby and I ran 16 miles and I think I got to 10 miles and I was I was just extremely exhausted my body was tired but I was so um set on completing the 16 miles that I I walked slash jogged the last six and to me it wasn't a big deal because miles are miles doesn't matter how you do them um if you're walking it if you're crawling it I hope you're not crawling but if you're walking the mile uh, jogging the mile running the mile it, it doesn't matter miles are miles so my goal was just to hit 16 and um, Gabby was having a hard time in that run and I was trying to encourage her like come on Gabby you can do it I believe in you you can do it um, so I saw her struggling I didn't even think for once that that could be me. Um, I was kind of in a prideful state of mind, I guess you could say, where I was thinking, you know, like, man, I'm just so good. I run so fast. I'm going to kill this marathon. Nothing's going to stop me. I have Jesus Christ in my heart and he is with me for the run. And, and so I had like this, uh, prideful sense of God confidence. And, um, I, quickly was humbled. Let me tell you guys, Gabby, she was more on her training than I was because I also, aside from soccer, which we both had, I was also teaching uh, Piloxing three times a week. 
So I used the Paloxing classes a lot of the times for my cardio. So there'd be times where I would skip a run because I was teaching or for my long runs, I would only do the long runs every other weekend, um, which up until mile 16, that pretty much worked for me. Uh, but Gabby was very consistent. And I was actually pretty, uh, pretty impressed with her discipline on running um, as often and um, just just how how good she was to sticking with the struggle with the with the schedule very impressed, very proud of her. But, but yeah, here I am, you know, this, this, this girl who's 10 years younger than her thinking that I can do it. Um, I don't need to run as much as I should be running all this stuff. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I definitely underestimated the marathon training guys. Um, so a few weeks after we got to mile 16, Gabby and I met up again to run, I think it was closer to 15 miles. And we did the San Antonio River Walk Trails and it was so beautiful. It was so awesome. We had such a good time. We stopped and took pictures. We explored a little. I helped a turtle cross the street. We were having such a great time in our run. Um, and then when I got to about mile 13, something happened to my body. And it was... Um, incredibly painful. Um, I felt tightness in my quads, tightness in my calves. Um, it was it was just extremely painful. I couldn't slow down. I couldn't stop because that just brought on the pain more. I basically had to just stay in my pace and um, I brought it, slowed it down tremendously. Uh, now Gabby, who had continuously been training uh, more consistently, she was now encouraging me to keep going, telling me that I could do it, that she believed in me type of stuff. And um, I, I finally broke down. I said, Gabby, I can't go anymore. So she, um, she said, all right, well, you stay here. I'm going to go get the car. So we were 0.25 miles, so a quarter of a mile away from the car. I didn't know this. But anywho, we, we were able to get to, or I was able to get to the main street. Gabby went to go get her car. She picked me up and then boom, here we are 0.25 miles later driving and there's my car. And I'm like, dang it, I was so close. Um, but while I was waiting for Gabby, I had a moment and I was asking God, like, why am I doing this again? Show me, tell me why. Um, I've even signed up for this. I don't need to do this. Why am I doing this? Um, I called, um, I think my sister for support, but she didn't answer. So I called my mom for support and, um, my mom was basically trying to, to tell me, you know, what, what did I not do with my body? You know, did I, um, not fuel prop? Did I not give myself enough water? Um, do I have electrolytes? Um, things of that sort. And then my mom says this, Priscilla, you know, you don't have to run the marathon, right? okay, what did you say to me, mom? And in that moment, I was no longer throwing myself a pity party. And I was like, no, mom, I do have to run it because I can run it. I will do it. Um, this is just part of the training. Um, and I kind of had a fire lit up my butt where all of a sudden it was the pain that I was feeling. I was going to get over it. I was going to find a way around it. Um, but I was like, <laughs> basically I was upset thinking like, that's not, that's not what I wanted to hear, mom. I mean, I know it's true. I don't have to, but that's not what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear like, you can, you can do this. You, um, 
that type of encouragement, but she, she gave some flat out truth. And I'm sure if I heard myself crying the way that I did, I probably would have said that too. So, um, yeah, I was crying and in a lot of pain. So anywho, um, I get back home and I do my, my, uh, my ritual after a long run, which is to go by myself, a little Caesars large pizza and kill it, uh, mostly by myself. And I, got myself, I drew myself a bath and I had some, uh, words with God asking him what it is that I was doing wrong and why did that happen to me? And, um, I felt him kind of nudge to me about my eating habits and what I was eating. So up until that moment, I had stopped buying bread for my house. I didn't buy tortillas for my house. I didn't buy chips for my house. Um, I, I basically tried to cut out all carbs from my house, um, no pasta, any type of carb, unless it was a complex carb from like a fruit or vegetable. Um, yeah, I just didn't have it in my house. And so, um, people started telling me like, well, you need to make sure that you are carrying this for energy. Well, you need to be drinking that for, to replenish your electrolytes. Um, you need to be eating uh, spaghetti before your runs, all this stuff. And so I started feeling very overwhelmed. Um, and I, and I wasn't, I wasn't sure honestly if I was going to make it, but I was going to fake it till I did. So I just kept saying, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. Um, and I started looking up different ways that I could eat carbs in a healthy manner. So the reason why I didn't buy any carbs or had stopped buying carbs for my house is because um, for my body, um, when I eat carbs, and it's probably more the sugar, um, like the donuts, the cookies. Yeah. But anyhow, I blamed all carbs. So it was really more the carbs and it makes me gain weight. And um I just didn't want that. I just didn't want that for my life anymore. Me and carbs have broken up basically. So to have to start reincorporating, uh, reincorporating, um, carbs into my diet and exercise or into my diet was like a huge thing for me. Um, when I got to mile 10, I started feeling a little bit of cramping, um, but I had my water with me and I just kept like drinking my water every time I felt the cramp thinking that I needed to just hydrate. Well, I think I got to, I was a mile and a half away from my house. Um, so maybe at about 14 miles, I, I felt the pain of the cramping, um, insanely like I had never felt before in my life. Everything from my waist down was in, um, they, it was so tight. Uh, I was, I was eager to, to try again for 16 miles, um, uh, because I had completed it before, um, just hadn't, um, completed it successfully by not stopping and not to say that, um, let me, let me rephrase that. I completed 16, but I, I, I did some walking and jogging. I wanted to complete 16 without walking or jogging. So, um, maybe a couple nights before I ate like, a, a subway sandwich. And then the next day I had like a, I don't know, some kind of pasta deal thinking that that was going to be sufficient for me. So I 
head out on my journey for 16 miles. She told me I had never, that she had never seen me so defeated before. Everything from my waist down was so tight, I couldn't walk. Um, although I was still kind of keeping a very slow jog and I just kept asking God to heal my legs. In the name of Jesus, I asked for healing into my legs. In the name of Jesus, I asked for strength to get me all the way home. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Um, the pain was so um, unbearable that I started yelling as I was running. So I'm sure I looked ridiculous. And now looking back, I'm thinking I probably sounded even a little crazy, but um, I was I was in just so much pain. I finally broke um, at about a mile and a half from my house. I called my neighbor. She went to go pick me up. I was crying because I had like a blow to my ego. Um, someone saw me in a vulnerable state from running and I thought I was this like badass. And I was proving to myself that I really wasn't. I waited to cry until I got um, until I got inside my house and I shut the door and I cried like a little girl. Um, I was crying because of the pain. I laid in my hallway floor uh, trying to crawl to the bathroom and I gave up and I just cried called my mom again. I told her the pain that I was feeling and she was like, Priscilla, you need to rest, um, you know, uh, drink lots of water, do what you need to do to take care of your body. Again, you don't have to run this. Um, and I, I said, okay, thank you. And I hung up and I started crying even more because she's absolutely right. I didn't have to run this. And I kept looking for purpose in this run there were people, some of my students or one of my students, and I have known Miss um, Rose for, for, for about four years or so, and she was kind of following uh, my training and how it was going. And when I told her about what happened, um, she was like, well, you know, you just got to remember why you started to begin with. And I was like, but I don't have a reason. <laughs> I don't know, Rose. I don't know. I don't have a reason. And she was like, okay, well, think about everything that you've been through the past year that has led you here. There's a lot of emotion, a lot of pain that, um, has that you, that you felt channel that use that energy. And, um, and I, it was such great advice because I went back home and I thought like, you know what, God, like there is, although I felt so healthy, um, I think God was, was telling me that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not have it all together. It's okay to feel emotion, to feel sad, to feel the pain, to feel the hurt. It's okay to feel that. And um, it's one of those, like, I know it's okay to feel that. This is what I, I teach and this is what I, I lead with a lot of the times for, for people is that it's okay to feel these emotions. You just don't have to become these emotions. But what I was experiencing was far different for me because this is something that mentally I have said and trained my mind to say that I can do this. I can run a full marathon. And for once in my life, my body and my spirit, my um, I, I couldn't control it. And I couldn't, I was thinking that I, I couldn't do it. There was just no way uh, my body was saying no. Uh, my spirit was weak. I didn't want to. 
Um, but within that same cry that I had, um, I felt God telling me, you're going to do it, but you're going to do it my way. And, um, because as a new marathon runner, there are so many resources and everyone thinks that they're an expert, <clears throat> including myself, but, um, that's why I'm trying to learn like the more scientific part of it. So that way I can better explain, um, how, how to train properly and, and things of that sort. Um, anywho, so you know, everyone thinks that they're an expert. So everyone's trying to give you advice saying that this is what you should be eating. This is how many you should be running. This is how often you should be running. These are the different types of exercise that you should be running when you're, you should be doing when you're not running. Um, this is how many rest days you should have. This is the time of morning that you should be running. Like the, the list seriously goes on from types of shoes, what type of headphones, clothes that you're wearing, like it, it all for whatever reason matters, but in the big scheme of things, it really doesn't matter. I was overwhelmed with so many, um, just, just so many recommendations and suggestions. Um, and I was seeking those suggestions rather than seeking God's guidance. So when I was taking God with me in my runs, it was, I was taking God with me in my runs rather than letting God coach me in my run. So a few days um, later, I am in a class in a study and uh, one of the participants, she comes up to me and she's telling me her story that she's at the doctor's office, but she felt alone. But in that moment, um, I felt the Holy Spirit telling me, no, you weren't alone. And I grabbed her hands and we were kind of rocking almost like a side to side and maybe even like back and forth. I don't know. But all of a sudden I felt like this image, this vision in my head where I felt myself in that run that I was, um, where I had basically hit the wall where I, I did hit the wall. I went back to that run and I could see Jesus holding my hands walking, jogging backward, but facing me eye to eye. And I felt him tell me I was there. I was there. But if I healed you in that moment, and if I gave you extra strength in that moment, what would you have learned? Not only that, but I pushed myself another half mile from when the cramping ultimately stopped. God was like, I, I was there. I gave you strength to make it to this corner. So that way you weren't just on the side of the road, but now you're safe in this corner. I love you. I want to coach you. And I, uh, it was super pivotal for me because I then realized that I was, I was screaming to him, like, where are you, God? I'm asking for healing. And he was right there holding on to me the whole time and um, brought me to safety. My, my neighbor happened to be home. She entered quickly. She picked me up and, you know, she was an angel in that moment. And um, yeah, so as I'm giving this, this woman advice and, and telling her, you know, you're not alone. God is with you. He's holding your hands. That's when it hit me. And I was like, man, oh, I'm so unworthy, God. I'm sorry for yelling at you. And all this stuff, but it was, it was pivotal for me. And we were already at the tail end of, uh, training. I had 
four weeks left until the actual marathon. I hadn't even hit 20 miles. <clears throat> they say that if you hit 20 miles, you can do 26 miles. I hadn't even hit 20 miles yet. And, um, yeah, I could barely even do 14. So I started regressing on my training. Um, so I wasn't, I wasn't sure I was going to do it. And, um, that night when I went home, I spent extra time with, with God. And, um, I felt him tell me that I needed to rest for seven days that I needed to rest. Also within that moment, I received a link from a friend of mine we call runner. He is an older man who has ran several marathons in his life. He is a soccer runner. Um, he, he has traveled the world and done races and all this stuff. So I, I do, um, listen to what he has to say. Cause I feel like he has the most experience and he's probably the most knowledgeable, um, in running. I mean, come on, we call him runner, right? So as I'm praying in that moment, uh, runner actually sent me an article about, um, carb loading and how to do it safely and how to do it healthy. Um, because you don't want to just have uh, spaghetti and then the next day your stomach is upset. Um, and, and how to, so, and, and how to prepare your body for a long run. So they say to, to test it out two weeks prior to, and then don't change anything. Um, but again, like I said, I was only four weeks out and I was nervous about my long run. I had one more long run in me and I changed up my eating and I went to the grocery store and I bought the things that I needed in order to load up properly and in a healthy manner. I bought, um, a drink or well, it's a, it's a mix. It's a mixer. So it's like powder and you put it into your drink and it's called drip drop. And apparently it has like all of these nutrients that you need or that are given to people who are dehydrated. So it's supposed to alleviate the cramping and replenish, um, the electrolytes and anything that I've lost as I'm running. I began the, um, the carb loading again. Um, and it was like, great. At the same time, as excited as I was, I was like, at <laughs> great I did it here it goes here it goes nothing um uh, part of me I think almost didn't want to complete the 20 miles because I think that um if I didn't then I wasn't going to run the, the full marathon I was just going to do the half marathon um but the heart and the soul inside of me was like nope we're gonna do it we're gonna do it because we did this the right way we went through um, God rather than seeking everybody else or even my own, um, understanding. So day of the race comes, um, I'm super excited. It is Gabby and Roland and me, my cousin, Tom, I see at the beginning, um, of the start. Um, it was, it's such a crazy and cool experience when you're at the starting line with hundreds of people, thousands of people surrounding you who have the same fears, who have the same doubts, who have the same thoughts that run through their minds, who have been through the training, who have suffered through the training, who have done the training well, who, um, this is their first marathon. This is their 10th marathon. You have people who are younger than you. You have people that are older than you. And when you see the people who are older than you and they're doing it well, well, they must be doing something right. So it's, it's such a cool experience to get all of those emotions just into one start line. The gun goes off and there you are. 
and it's like everything that you've been training for this is it this is now and um I was so extremely blessed that I had my entire family, um, my sisters, my mom, my dad showed up at the end. Um, my, they were there with me, my sisters, they were there from mile three onward. Um, not the entire time, but they would peek in and, and stop. And I would see them at various places, um, mile 19 or 20. And then I saw them again at mile 22 or 24, I forget, but um, every time I did see them, it gave me a sense of accomplishment that I can keep going. It gave me the encouragement that I needed to keep moving my feet. Um, when I got to about mile 20, craziest thing happened, not craziest, but it was pretty cool that this happened. But, uh, one of my fellow instructors from InBalance, her husband was also training for his first full marathon and we had met briefly just one time but we knew that we were both training for the marathon and through carol we would pass through like a you know just encouragement like hey tell trey to keep going you know don't stop and the same thing vice versa so it was really cool well at around mile 20 i uh, feel someone next to me and i look over and um trey is like pris I was like, Trey? And he's like, hey. And I was like, hey, what are you doing here? Well, fancy meeting you here, right? I mean, we're we're running the marathon. And um, so we kind of pace ourselves out and I was losing gas. Um, and um, I told him like, just go, go without me. Um, so yeah, so he went, he went without me. Probably the last like mile and a half is when I finally left him because that's when my tank was done. But, um, and I was in so much pain. Um, uh, a little side note, something that I, um, that I find funny, but also at the same time, like you have to know this too, is that for the first 13 miles, I had my camel back and it had like the drip drop and I had some snacks with me. So I was good. Not only that, but for the first half of the marathon, um, there are stands with people passing out water, uh, goo sticks. So it's like some type of Gatorade thing. You, you, uh, you slurp it up and it's, it's a goo and it gives you energy. But after the half, like there aren't a lot of things going on. But funny story, funny side story though, guys, is that about halfway through the marathon, so at about 13 miles, my younger sister, she had, she also had a camelback. So we switched the camelback. So I had fresh water. Well, her camelback was so much heavier than mine. I kid you not. I probably ran with an additional seven pounds on my back for the rest. Well, almost the rest of the run. Um, we saw, I saw runner at like mile, uh, four. And then I saw runner and Linda, which was Roland's wife. Um, my teammate, um, at a later mile. And then at about 20 something, I saw runner, Linda, Laura, and Lo Lin Lily and Laura. And then at toward the end, I saw Marisa and all of these people are people from my, from my team, my soccer team. So it was really amazing to see that, uh, more people were coming out to support us. Um, but anywho, as we're running, um, <laughs> this camelback is extremely heavy. So I get to about mile, um, 16 or 17 and we hear gunshots and, um, we still keep running and I hear someone say like it's the east side what do you expect and all I kept thinking was like oh my gosh like lord please 
please, uh, you know, just be with us, protect us, um, give us extra strength because really what that did was it gave me a shot of adrenaline. It ran a little bit faster than what um, I had been uh, just to get out of that area. No one was hurt uh, in the marathon. Um, just a little side story of like, you know, what we've experienced or what we experienced as we were going through. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, so I met this, this one girl who was running next to me. She was younger and, uh, she had a lot more energy than I did. And she was like, let's play a game. Let's play, you know, never have I ever, I forget exactly what game. It was something like that though, where we basically just asked each other questions like, Hey, have you ever done it? And she was like, no. And, oh, or well, have you ever? And it's like, yes. Like, what? Oh, cool. You know, just different things like that. But it was really cool because we got to, um, burn off or, you know, waste away you know, another mile or two, um, together. And then I was like, you know what, you just go, you go without me. Um, yeah. So anywho, um, I finally took off the, um, the camel back at about mile 22. So now I have four miles to go. I felt like I could fly, but at that point, my legs were so shot that I really couldn't fly. Um, as a matter of fact, my jog got so slow, people were walking faster than me. Yeah, that's how bad it was. Um, I had one of my cousins make me a sign that said, let the weak say they are strong. And she, she met me at about a uh, mile 20 or 20 something. I don't know. And I had that image ingrained into my mind. And that was actually something, a, a suggestion from the book from Ryan Hall. He said that mile 20 is usually the wall. Um, and if more people understood just how strong they were during that time, or if they were to see that, maybe it would give them extra strength in it. And it did to a certain extent. Again, um, this is one thing that um, I have to say, you know, people often say like, um, uh, mind, mind over matter. And, and trust me, I usually do say that too. Like, um, but let me tell you this. Um, Mentally, I was already at the end. I had already completed the marathon, um, but physically, my body was giving out. Um, at about mile 25, I saw my friend Lauren. She popped up out of nowhere. I saw she was wearing tennis. Again, my jog had come into like a very, very slow walk, uh, or at least that's how slow I was jogging because I couldn't stop, but um, told her, you know what, you're wearing tennis. You're jogging with me this last mile so she jogged with me this last mile trying to keep me going and i was I, i'm so grateful for for lauren um i don't think that i would have stopped but i also know that i would have hated that last mile more than life itself anyhow so i finally see the mile marker 26 i get this burst of energy and i i kick it in i i I sprinted it in. I passed up some people. I crossed the finish line. People are cheering for me. It's such an amazing and beautiful experience, guys. And um, the whole purpose of this, uh, reason why I brought this up and wanted to, to tell you guys about my, my training was because, uh, number one, God is our coach if you let him in so many aspects. He wants to be a part of everything in your life, not just the jobs that we're asking for, not just the kids that we are trying to raise, not just in the house that we want to get, but he wants to be with us even 
in the midst of us training, even when it doesn't feel good, even when we've hit that wall, even when we've given up on ourselves. He wants to be part of it because he knows you better than you know yourself. And because he knows you better than you know yourself, we can trust him. He wants good for us. His plans for us are good. Um, I've never been in a situation where God has steered me wrong. And um, I am so incredibly happy and blessed that um, he was there with me through this run. So the entire purpose of my run, Heinz, when I finished the, the um, and across the, the finish line, I thought, I, I thought for sure I was going to cry. But I had left so much emotion out there. I had left so much on the, the trail, the, the streets. Um, blood, sweat, and tears went into that. Um, my friend Gabby did so amazingly well. She uh, beat my time. I don't know by how much, but she beat my time. And um, quite honestly, I wasn't expecting that to happen when we first started uh, training, but it happened. And I was so proud and happy for her because she truly worked for it. She was disciplined. She stayed on the schedule. Even when she didn't want to go through it, even when she was hurting, she still did it. And, you know, I, I have to give her so much praise because what she did was um was encouraged me and she touched my life in a way that she doesn't even know because seeing her joy seeing her accomplishment was was worth everything that I went through um not to say that I went through it for her or because of her but because I got to see her experience alongside and be a witness to her glory in what she accomplished. That in itself was beautiful and far, far more than my own accomplishment of just completing the marathon. And I would not have even been a part of it or seen it had I not just taken the risk to say yes. Um, this is kind of a long story, but I, I did all of that um, two weeks prior to the actual marathon. This is kind of like a no-no. People don't typically do this, but I, I had to prove to myself that I could run 20. And if I could run 20, then I can run 26. All right. So I run the 20 guys and I did it. It was, it was so hard when I got to mile 13, I called my sister and I was like, look, I just need you to help encourage me. I am, you know, so far away from the house, but I know I can do this. I'm a little tired. I'm a lot tired, actually. Um, I'm cramping up a little, but I don't want to stop. It's not bad. I just need encouragement. And so my sister stayed on the phone with me for about half mile, just, you know, encouraged me talking to me about like, well, what do you see? What's going on? And hey, sister, you know what? You can do it. You're good. Where are you? You're on Marbach. All right. You're almost there. Just keep going. Um, if you need me, call me. <laughs> and um, and so I, I, I did it. So I finished 20 miles and I was, I was so ecstatic. I was crying. I was like thanking Jesus for his um, guidance and for him coaching me into what my body needs. Who knows my body more than I do? God does. I mean, he knows the number of hairs that I have on my head. 
even the hundreds that fall out, you know, with every shower, every time I wash my hair, he still knows how many hairs I have. So why wouldn't he be the ultimate coach? Was to remind myself of who I can trust with my life. And that is God. Um, and I will leave that there. And we will close out in prayer. As usual, close your eyes, bow your head, unless you are driving, keep your eyes closed, focus on the road, and let these words land on you. <sighs> Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your goodness, for creating our bodies in the intricate way that you have made them, Lord. You know the ins and outs of how and why. You know me more and better than I could ever know myself. You know the, the, the number of hairs on my entire body, Lord Jesus. You know my hurts. You know my pain. You know my fear. You know how far my body was able to go, and yet you still graciously swooped in, gave me your strength, Father, and gave me your wisdom and knowledge on what it was needed for my body. And I love you and thank you for that, Father. I lift up the listeners today, Lord Jesus, and if there's anyone who is like on the fence of whether or not to trust you, I pray that this would help them see that they can trust you, Father, that it is true that all things are possible with God. And that Lord, that you want to be part of that. You want to be part of the ugly. You want to be part of the pain. You want to be part of the training. You want to be part of their lives, Father. So I ask that you would come in and shine a light into areas that we may not be trusting you with, Father, or that maybe we just don't consider to be worthy or even worth um your time, Father. I pray that we would know at all times that everything with us is worth your time, Father. That anything that we're facing or going through, wanting to do, trying to accomplish, that you want to be part of it. And if you are part of it, we cannot fail because you hold the victory, Father. You created us, so you know us. And thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for not leaving my side and thank you for for being there um, in the moments that I don't see you. Thank you for being there even though I'm crying and yelling and even in the times that I have cursed your name, Father, you still are there. You are a constant. Your love is endless and I cannot thank you enough. Thank you, Father. And I ask these things in your son's powerful name in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, guys. Um, if you do need prayer, please reach out to me via email, pressflores, the number three, at gmail.com. Keep in mind, hope is just a prayer away. And you're listening to Fearlessly Authentic.